Well, good morning. Welcome, everyone, to the Ag Market Network Monthly Cotton Teleconference. This is Pat McClatchy. It's February the 9th. We have changed things for this broadcast. We have a new number. We hope everybody got that. It will be recorded and up on the site later. Uh, we want to first recognize our sponsor, Bayer. Uh, we thank them for all these years being our sponsor and bringing this program to you. Our uh, cotton panel is made up of Dr. O.A. Cleveland, Gerald Nieper, Dr. John Robinson, and Kip Butts. And Kip will be leading us today. Kip, thanks for uh, joining us today and telling us what your thoughts are on the cotton market. Uh, good morning. Thank you very much, Pat. Um, hello, everybody. Um, my thoughts right now, what I want to do first is just kind of go over yesterday's supply-demand report, uh, the WASDE that USDA put out. That's typically the way we start, and then we Let's just open it up for discussion with the panel because there's a whole lot going on price-wise that uh, a lot of cross-currents and things we probably need to talk about. Um, yesterday, uh, the WASDE report was released about uh, 11 o'clock Central Time, and uh, we saw, I think most people were leaning towards uh, an unchanged to maybe slightly uh, smaller ending stock number. That just seemed to be a feel in the market. So I think a lot of folks are a little surprised when we got a 760,000 uh, failed increase in the global ending stocks. That was created by um, the beginning stocks were essentially unchanged. Production was up about 400,000, and mill use was down about 330 worldwide. Um, the most interesting thing, I think, about this report was the U.S. numbers, which surprised uh, an awful lot of folks where we would have a uh, 300,000 failed in exports from 14.8 to 14.5. Um, that puts the U.S. ending stocks at 6 million. For those of you that are counting, that we started at 2.75 and we're at 6 million now. Uh, that's a pretty significant increase. Uh, I think that's the largest uh, ending stock number we've had since, I believe, the 0809 crop year. Um, be that as it may, it's, uh, it is what it is, which is uh, that export change just went straight to the ending stock number, which took us to $6 million, as I said. Other major changes, India had a decrease in uh, production. Uh, no surprise there. I think everyone was sort of expecting that, given the conversation we've had uh, for an extended period of time about the pink bollworm problems in Maharashtra, uh, Telangana, and now even in Gujarat. Uh, they did decrease their mill use in India a bit. Uh, at the same time, we wind up with just a small decrease in the ending stock number. Uh, another notable change was China's increase in production from 264 to two, uh, 2750, 27,500,000 uh, bales. Again, that's no real surprise. The Ministry of Agriculture in China had, uh, had kind of signaled that there was an increase there. So, you know, at the end of the day, the, the numbers weren't dramatically different. I will say that the foreign totals without China did see a little bit of a change. The uh, stocks-to-use ratios there went 54.6 to 54.6. That's a little, bit of a, a little bit of a change. But, again, on the things, these numbers were basically unchanged. The biggest surprise, I think, was in the U.S. export numbers. Um, we had a couple, uh, the last report we got, which was the largest, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the largest export shipment for the crop year was received after their lockup period. I think had they seen that, they might not have been, I, well, I, sh I can't speak for them, but I think they would be 
less inclined to drop the number this month. They might wait one uh, had that been the case. That's pretty much what uh, just, and that's a brief encapsulation of the numbers we saw. Uh, I would like to ask if, if I missed something here, will you guys kind of help me out if I uh, missed something I needed to talk about on these numbers? Gerald, from the group? No. No, huh? You pretty well okay. summed it up. Okay, well, I mean, basically that's what I was looking at. But but we're looking at the prices now. We've got, uh, don't know how much of the cotton market is being influenced by equities and and other such that uh, a lot of prices are all over the place. We're down a little bit this morning. I think March is down about uh, 76.55, something like that. And December's at 75 cents. So we're getting a little bit of a, a little bit of a drawdown in prices here. But, uh, you know, we had a pretty good run up in prices. I, I, and we're just sitting back a little now. I don't know. Um, these fixations are going to provide a bit of support as we go down, but I'm getting an indication now a lot of folks, uh, the mill buyers, are thinking, well, we can go lower. So we may be in a scenario, again, where the fixations occur as the market starts to move back up rather than as it's going down. It has provided some support now. I think much of the activity today is caught up in uh, today, the last few days, uh, with the uh, Index rolls, uh, we had some big volume day yesterday. I, I didn't see the numbers this morning, but I think it was estimated to be a little over 100,000 in volume. Uh, the, uh, that would be you know, <laughs> a pretty, pretty good amount of, of, uh, of business going on there, but that is uh, primarily rolling of, the, uh, of those positions. So I guess what I'd like to do now is get some thoughts from uh, from the other folks on the panel, particularly uh, a lot of these cross-currents in the market we're seeing. The things that got my attention is the on-call sales. That report came out yesterday. It uh, it showed a, a pretty large uh, bottom line number. March had a big decline. May had a, a significant decline. July position was up a little. But the bottom line was still a very large on-call number. And I've been a little surprised over time that we haven't had some kind of market ramification on that. I wonder if it's just uh, kind of waiting until, uh, until it, quote, the right time. But you can only kick this can down the road so far, and I think that most of these contracts uh, need to close out in July, and that position's gotten very large. Any guys have a comment about that? I think that's kind of topical for the market right now. Kip, I just I, I ran the ratio on May and July combined, fourteen and a half to one, which is pretty huge. Of course, if we just look at the July ratio, I I didn't run that, but uh, uh, forty-one thousand nine to one, nine to one, nine to one, nine to no, not for July. It's more than that. No, you're right, Gerald. Pardon me. That gummit. Why would I challenge a California? It's been bigger on the man. <laughs> There's always somebody out there who thinks they can. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm going to run for attorney general. Uh, I, I, yeah, we've been talking about that a good while, and it just hangs out there, and it just hangs out there. Uh, Kip, you had asked the question yesterday about how much grower cotton is unfixed. I don't have to answer that question. I should. I don't know, but you're right. That that's the, that's the, I agree with you. That's the first question you ask because that tells us how much more selling there is to, 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 to go against this purchasing um, of futures contracts. But uh, I thought John or Gerald might have a better clue of that. Uh, 
but uh, it's certainly excellent sport. I did speak to a couple of Mid-South merchants yesterday after our, our quick conversation, and I, uh, I got folks were saying, well, I don't quote no, but I get a feel that it's probably 70, 75% has been done. Uh, one guy intimated it might even be a little bit more than that. Uh, so I'm not sure whether we've run out of selling or, or if, if that's right, then, you know, there's still some selling to be done, but that's, a, that's still a That's pretty, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Not that much selling, so to speak. Uh, that's, that's right. Uh, but that's, that, and I don't yeah. know if those numbers are right, but those were what, were, what I heard yesterday. Yeah. That's just from Mid-South, yeah. by the way. Right. Got you. Well, then I think the selling is going to kind of dribble in because you got to think that a lot of that the cotton that's left to be sold is the stuff on the high plains of Texas that they're still ginning, and uh, in, in Oklahoma as well. So if they're still ginning it, those growers probably have not sold that cotton, and it's just going to sort of dribble in over time. That's a good point. Yeah. There. What? Uh, there, how much ginning is left? Excuse me. Go ahead, John. I apologize. Uh, well, uh, bales-wise, I don't know, but I've heard stories about they'll be ginning in Kansas, Oklahoma, where they have more production than they have gins. They'll be doing that into May. It's just going to get strung out more than usual uh, this year because of the size of the crop and because of where it is. The other thing I would just tack on to Gerald's comment is that uh, the, the, I was with some merchants yesterday, and it, they're running into challenges just buying some of this stuff just just because, you know, they're offering highly discounted cash bids, which they have to because of the overload of, of low mic stuff, and, and they're not getting much many takers. So it's, you know, that'll take a while. So is that cotton going to go in the loan just sit there, you think, for months? If, if it goes in the loan, then, uh, yeah, I imagine, I imagine it would. I imagine well, I mean, it I'm, would. Now, they're, they're moving some of it. They're moving some of it because of... of uh, you know, they're renegotiating things a little bit uh, with mills that uh, are painted into a corner, and and some of it's going that way, but there's just such a lot of it that there's going to be plenty that's going to be sitting around, I think. Well, I just meant I, I didn't know if that was the farmer bias. If they gave an indication they were going to put it in the loan rather than sell it at a discount right now. I didn't know if that was their attitude or not. Uh, that That's not really clear to me, okay. uh, so I don't I don't know. Okay. Well, you know, these, guys need ca- if these guys need cash flow. I mean, if they're ginning yeah. into May and into early June, some of these guys are going to need money just to get another crop yeah. planted. So yeah. if they yeah. don't sell the cotton, they'll be forced to put it in the loan. But otherwise, I don't think a lot of cotton will go into the loan. They just kind of will gin it and sell it off as they, as you know, hopefully as, as they need. Yeah. That, oh, wait, I think I interrupted you. Well, that's all right. I'm, I'm usually interrupting other people. I don't want to cut that conversation off. Y'all are educating me, but I was going to jump to the export report because I'm still a little bit uh, uh, tied up with that in my in my mind. I, I was just rather shocked that they lowered exports. Of course, they did it on the basis of, of just what they referred to as the slow pace of shipments. Uh, Kip, I don't know. I certainly wasn't there. I can become an expert on telling people things that I don't know anything about. But I know that uh, in the past, they would have had these export numbers Wednesday afternoon. Uh, So I would say that 
they had those these export numbers Thursday morning before they released this, this report, and on that basis, that's a reason that I'm absolutely stunned that they lowered exports. We we shipped four hundred over four hundred and fifty thousand bales out of the country last week. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what next report next week's report shows about what's what's going on. But I would anticipate we will see some rather heavy shipments on a weekly basis. And with that kind of shipment level, uh, you know, a marketing year high uh, to take the exports uh, for the year down. Also, in a week that uh, we, we sold over half a million bales, and granted, only about 410,000 of those were for this marketing year, 120,000 or shortly a little bit less than that for the next marketing year, but uh, selling 410,000 bales for this marketing year and, and actually physically shipping over 450,000 and then taking that export number down was a bit of a surprise for, for me. Also, last week we had 24 countries in the, in the mix buying cotton. Uh, this week I saw someone report that we had 21 countries. I think they probably missed some Pima X sales and we actually had 22 countries that uh, bought cotton this week, and those back to back, those are huge numbers. Uh, uh, you know, you just hardly ever see more than 20, and occasionally you'll see 21. Uh, occasionally, very occasionally, you'll see 22, and you just never see 24. And that's what we've had the last two weeks: 22 and 24. And then USDA lowers that export figure. I, 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 well, a lot of it gets back with uh, what's going on in India. I understand that, and uh, I received a phone call yesterday morning. I didn't see the numbers initially, and I got a call someone, and I said, what's the matter? Did they not change the export number? Uh, and then the, the voice went silent again and said, yeah, they lowered it. Uh, that was that was just a huge shock. Y'all, y'all go ahead. I'm still trying to overcome that. Well, I, I, I'm going to comment on that for just a minute. I know one of the things I've been hearing in particularly up until the report that we got yesterday morning, uh, these we've had a problem with these truckers uh, moving containers where they're needed. I called several merchants, and Gerald probably can provide better insight than, this, than the rest of us can, simply because he's right in the middle of it. But it's my understanding that we're having trouble getting these drivers uh, simply because uh, in December we had an intermodal uh, record in movements, and I think what's happening here is the ocean liners want it, they'll take these empty containers back to the coast to get them back to Asia and back here again. That's where their money is because when we go out of the U.S., that's really a backhaul for them. They'd rather take the empties to the coast uh, and get them back simply because of time, and, and for them, time is money. And I've had several merchants tell me that, that, that just getting the containers in position has been a problem because of the dray drivers have been pulled off to other things, either, you know, hurricane things still part of the uh, carryover from that, and just uh, other business. I mean, it's, it's very active. So the comments I've been getting is they expected this to be solved in 30, 40 days or so, Maybe it got solved quicker. And this is not a defensive ESDA's uh, lowering their, their export number. It's maybe they were hearing the same things I were. Well, let's do this now because we don't think it's going to get fixed in time 
to allow us to get the numbers out. Uh, now, clearly, if we get this kind of shipment number next week, they're wrong. <laughs> and we need to change this thing because, in fact, uh, maybe we've solved that problem. But that's what I was hearing. Gerald, are you hearing anything like that? Is that what you are experiencing right now? Well, I, I, what I am hearing is that there is so much changing, you know, uh, trying to get stuff into place that people don't really know how much they're actually getting exported, and so they feel like that they, these export numbers have been somewhat uh, underestimated or, or underreported for a while so that um, they wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, another 400,000-plus uh, export number for maybe another two to three or four weeks. Right. Um, exactly. Just as, yeah. pe- just as people get caught up with, with what's actually getting shipped out there. I'm expecting to see something like that. What, uh, you know, Kip, your comment about uh, the backhauls from, from, from our coast to, to China being empty, I, that makes sense. We, we had a, like a $400 billion trade deficit with China last year, and it's only growing right now. So uh, that, that, that does speak of some empty uh, tractor trailers going, not tractors, but empty trailers, uh, containers going back. Uh, I, I, I looked at that number yesterday, and I went back and looked at the last 10 years of the February forecast versus the final number, and what I discovered was USDA had some accuracy. In years of small export numbers, 12 million or so, uh, uh, about the past 10 years, I believe, from four of those years, the USDA did an excellent job. They did an excellent job when exports are small, uh, which would be an easier target to shoot at, but uh, uh, they still did it. They, they, they pulled off extremely accurate estimates. Uh, in the years, the three years or so, that, that, that we saw some larger exports, in particular the, the larger the export, they, would, they came in with about 2 million bale misses from the export, uh, from the February estimate to the final year estimate. And, and I would just propose that that's, that's something we're looking at now, uh, it's, it is a bit of a stretch to say it's going to be 2 million more than what, where they are now. That's 14 and a half up to 16. We won't see that, in my opinion. But uh, uh, I, I think this number is going to be considerably higher simply because, of, if for no other reason, well, for two reasons. One, we had a huge early sale, and we're continuing to get huge sales. Secondly, uh, with this low, all these low grades we got, and the low price that implies, Mills will just uh, keep understand just better than me and turn me on to it, though he didn't say it this way. I'm saying it this way, is that Mills are just scrambling to get this cheap cotton uh, that they can mix with better grade cotton. So if that's going to balloon our exports even more. Uh, very dangerous to deal in tweets and hashtags, but the more and more hashtags about USDA running out of cotton, and uh, another person called me yesterday, and it, it I guess since it, uh, it, it uh, generated my sense of my, or my thought, though I bit my tongue and said I wasn't going to say it, since it was uh, a thought I had and somebody else published it first, it says, quote, unquote, USDA, WASDA, is out of touch with the reality of the current cotton market. 
and uh, I, I, I don't know this. I'm assuming that they have an algorithm that just generates uh, a set of numbers that suggests to them that since the shipments are this slow at this time of the year or uh, lagging this time of year, they need to lower their forecast. Uh, and I think we've learned the last two weeks and still learned, learned yesterday and continue to learn that the algorithms, uh, the machines just do not have the, 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 the ability to outthink man. Uh, uh, and I think the markets are making that clear, and certainly the cotton market is one that uh, we're not really familiar with. And it kind of bothered me to see that uh, tweet that, uh, again, USDA was out of touch with reality of current cotton market. And then I got an email from an international merchant, uh, Stoop. I consider him being a Stoop. Uh, international merchant, not playing a position, not talking position, didn't suggest a position, but it said that there's obviously some magic in USDA going on. Uh, and it, it, it bothers me, uh, an organization with such, uh, such, 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 such reality and such a reputation, and you look at their the foreign ag service and the numbers that they're coming out with, and they're just uh, a little more than garbage, in my opinion. You look at the Indian numbers uh, and uh, the carryover they, they show there, and yet you look at world prices, and it just makes no absolutely no sense. They, they just need to get a reality check with respect to the FAS numbers. Well, it's pretty clear there are a lot of cross-currents in this market. And by the way, uh, I was not uh, my my export number right now is is fifteen four fifty. So <laughs> I uh, I think USGA uh, is is wrong on this one as well. At least today, uh, if you look at what we sold now, the front loaded sort of, and I think they've been quote uh, to a degree front loaded. The sales have with a lot of these on call sales. Uh, if we're going to get the numbers that USDA has, we're going to have one of the largest rollovers, our largest cancellations we've seen in a long, long time. And that's it's kind of unusual. I think, um, I don't know, maybe it's going to take, uh, now remember, we've shipped over half a million. I think we shipped 600,000. I have to look at my, my database here, but I think we have shipped up to 600,000 bales in a week in this country. So it's not that it can't be done. I'm going to look real quick if I've got this in my database here. So it can happen, but trying to guess when it's going to happen can be a little challenging. Right. Any any other thoughts from anyone? Scold me, Gerald. It's okay to do it in public. You've certainly done it private. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I would have to agree with you, O.A. Just, there just seems to be, uh, um, yeah, the, the stock numbers just seem a little bit large relative to, to what price action is indicating. Well, let's, let's get some, uh, anything else? We, we, any other thoughts? John, Let's you're out there in love because they're talking about planting more cotton next year. The thought is that there's going to be more planted. You talk to people right now, they're trying to get out of this year, and the spirit is kind of frustrated. But, And I'm talking about the South Plains, but do they have much alternative? No. 
and the and I don't know if I'll call it enthusiasm, but the expectation is it's going to be expanded above the Canadian River and in Oklahoma and in Kansas. So there is going to be more cotton planted. Yes, of course it's dry as heck. So who knows what the what will ultimately result? Yeah, that's another great story that's in the works there. That that'll give us something to talk about next year. The, the Texas Oklahoma Southwest drought. Yeah, this year. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, this year, <laughs> this, this come upcoming crop. Excuse me. this upcoming season. It's like, we, <laughs> like I was telling some folks the other day about this drought in, in that area right now. The cotton plant's not using much of the of the moisture right now. So I think, uh, and it, it's usually dry this time of the year. So if it's still like this in uh, March and April, then we've got something to talk about. Uh, but until then, I just, you know, I, I don't want to get too excited about it. I've, too many times we, uh, you know, it takes a long time to get a really good drought going, and all of a sudden you got two or three uh, two or three rains happening a week, and, wow, it ended all in a few days. So yeah. well, I, don't, I don't want to know, I, next year yet. I, I think the implication isn't so much for what size, you know, kill this crop several times. It's, it's not the implication of what the what the production will be, but it's the implication of what it will do to planted acres. It's going to really add. We're going to have a 75-cent insurance price and, and pl- dryness at planting time. I think that will, frankly, I think that will give us 14-point-something million bales planted because it's just going to – and I'm, I'm using 11 as an example. Right. Um, it, planted acres went up a million in Texas from six to seven from the March report to the June report, and that's because we had a well. It was a dollar twenty-five insurance price, and it was the mother of all droughts. This isn't this isn't either one of those extremes, but it's pretty dang dry. Yeah, and seventy-five and cents is a pretty the, good insurance price. Yeah, somebody said that the the trees are fighting over the dogs. Gerald, you're out there in Fort Worth. Call us tomorrow afternoon when the council releases its planted acres report, please, or text it out. I'll I'll do that. Uh, While we've been sitting here, I I looked at my database here, and I think we've had uh, two, at least two uh, weeks where we've shipped over 600,000 bales. We've 694. Point five and another time six hundred and ten point eight. So you know if we get everything in position and get the sun and the stars and moons right, we can get a lot of cotton out of this country. So yeah, kind of difficult to make a, an assessment. And both those, by the way, occurred way late in the marketing year, like last three or four weeks of the year. Right, right. And I know historically USDA has a penchant to think. Uh, easy for me to say what somebody else thinks when I know absolutely nothing about it. To, but for them to think that we're not going to export much the last couple of months of the year, and that used to be words of wisdom, but that's just simply not the case anymore. It's, it's just it just doesn't happen that way. That's that's I think one of the fallacies in what I would say as part of the program. Well, let's let's ask everyone's opinion of, the, of price. Uh, Kip, what are, what are your thoughts for new crop? Well, for old crop price and also new crop. Wow, I hate that I went first on this one. Uh, <laughs> I uh, y'all know I've been of the of the group here. I've been the most bearish along the way. I've come out of it the last couple of months, thank goodness. But uh, I'm sitting here looking. If if someone had told me if I, I just got dropped out of here, you know, from another planet, and they said, "Well, Kip." 
We're going to have an ending stock number go from 2.7 to 6, and the market's going to hold a lot of support at, at 76, 78 cents. Uh, what do you think about that? I would I'd kind of roll my eyes and go, you know, I'm going back to my other planet because this numbers just don't work that way. We should be way lower than here. Having said that, there are a lot of other things going on in the market to tell me that uh, there's no real, re particularly this on-call sale position, which is potentially explosive. It tends to take care of itself. I think in, uh, in current crop, we're going to see prices, particularly near term, hang about where they are now from about maybe six to maybe 70 to 77 cents or so. Uh, we could get a little bit more than that in the near term. Maybe we can see 80, but that's that's kind of dicey. Longer term for new crop in the July period, I think we're going to see lower prices because finally we get in a situation here where the weight of this crop just, uh, I mean, there's a lot of bales here, and so we're going to have to take July to a discount to some level, likely to December. It will probably go to a discount to December as well. Uh, new crop prices, I think there's potential here for it to, to hold on, uh, there'll be a lot of spreading still going on. I think that uh, we're going to see December hold these levels, maybe go up to about 76.50, 77 cents again, maybe. Uh, so I, I would be uh, at 76 cents. I think uh, 76.50. I'd be getting a lot of hedging done if I'm a farmer. But uh, then longer term, uh, because of the, of the February prices uh, so far, I think we're going to get a good insurance program. We're going to get a lot of cotton area and. Uh, I think there are going to be a lot of cotton grown outside the U.S. as well. So we're going to be in a scenario where we're going to have to have strong demand. I think we'll get that simply because of the, uh, the growing economies. But that said, I think we're, uh, my bias would be to lower level prices for December during the course of the, of the marketing year if, in fact, we have a good crop, do not get the drought. And, uh, and so that, that's sort of what I'm saying from about 76, 76.50 down to some lower level. Maybe we get down to the low 60s uh, in December. Okay, Gerald, what are your thoughts? Uh, gosh, you know, at least as far as the nearby is concerned, you know, I, the market went up, you know, just sort of unimpeded there for, for a while, and now it's come back down to probably a realistic level. Uh, I understand that, uh, you know, if we could get a little closer to 75 cents, there could be some very strong Chinese demand. Um, it, you know, it's, the longer we sort of just sit here between, let's call it 75 and 77 cents and form a base, I think we've got a very good chance to go back up into the, into the 80s. And, uh, you know, it's what, been 91 or 92 days since they've had any measurable rain and in Lubbock, uh, they're not too far off of a, of a record. Um, there, there's no reason for uh, for new crop to have to go down right now. In fact, uh, you know, may even continue to go up. But if we're going to carry over four, let's call it five million bales, you know, you say USDA is too low by a million bales in their export number, um, you're going to have to get carry in this market. And I, I think that means that December has, you know, got a decent shot at, at, at 80 cents maybe. Um, well, just because I think they're going to try to try to force carry in in this marketplace if, if they can if they can do so. Right. So you know I've got uh, you know old crop going up to probably 
try to test 85 cents one more time. And uh, a new crop trying to climb up to somewhere around 80 cents, you know, unless, like you say, Kip, all of a sudden it rains. But the three-month forecast doesn't call for, for any any measurable, any big rains anytime soon. That's for darn sure. That's right. I agree there. Okay, John, what are your prices? Yeah. Uh, I agree that um, with the old crop contracts, just the influence of the – well, you've got – the, you've got sort of the base of support that uh, Gerald was just referring to, and then the fireworks that could result from resolving the mill fixations, whatnot. I believe could take us in, into the low 80s, so some something like that, 75 to 82 or 83. I'm um, I'm worried. Uh, I agree that yeah, it's dry and and. Uh, there's this, how do you evaluate a, what I think will be a very large uh, plantings and potential production, even with high abandonment, you can still let, be left with enough cotton if you carry in 5 million bales. Uh, I'm worried about downside price weakness, so I really agree more with Kip's a range of 76-something down into the 60s, If assuming it's just not a total wipeout if we have anywhere of a decent crop, then by the September supply and demand report, I'd be worried about pressured prices uh, down to 65 or so. All right, O.A.? Uh, well, you know, I'm inclined to say I agree with my friends just exactly what they say. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it was a mouthful said there that uh, we get the cotton back down to 65 cents, we've got it equal polyester. Uh, whoever would have thought that would happen? That's 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 incredible to think of. Gerald mentioned a 90-day drought or what the 90, 91 days or so, and well, we've got another month of what would be the real dry season going on there. So, you know, all of a sudden we go in 120 days, 140 days without moisture. Who knows? Uh, I like the idea that old crop does have the strength to get back up into the very low 80s. Uh, I would tend to think that, to me, without question, we do, do go back to the very high 80s. Oh, excuse me. So pardon me. We go back to the very high 70s as a minimum. Uh, it's going to be difficult to break it down below 75 cents, in my opinion. It's going to be difficult, in my opinion, to break it below 76 cents. But we've got some huge volatility going on, so who knows? Gerald made an extremely insightful comment. Merchants are going to try like the Dickens to put carry in this market, uh, new crop or old crop to new crop. They're, 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 they're going to work every day and every night trying to put carry there, so that would have to push uh, new crop a bit higher. Uh, I, 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 I think Kip, if, you know, I, I'm kind of on Kip's side that at 77, 70, 77 cents December new new crop, I, man, I'm gonna have a ton of cotton sold at 77 cents. Though I can see it going up to the 80 cent level, but I guess I'm not gonna be completely sold out. But I'm gonna be nearly sold out at 77 cents. Uh, so uh, that, that I think I covered the highs and the lows. I didn't ask me again. Thank you. No, that's that's good. That's good. All right, any other comments before we conclude the meeting? I think one of the things just uh, Gerald made the comment uh, and uh, Ed and uh, 
reinforced it. Carry is going to be real important. I think we're going to see it. We saw it move. You know, a lot of people were surprised to see the March move against the May like it did. I think we'll see May move against July and July finally against December. Whether it turns out to be July weakness uh, or December strength, or, you know, of course it will be a combination. But if we wind up with a, a six million or a five five kind of carryout, I'm inclined to believe that for at least a very short period of time, that spread could get pretty ugly, and your July would probably be uh, weaker of the two rather than December strength. Of course, that depends on the uh, the growing season and whether we get the drought or or well, we get a, a normal season. But I think Kerry's terribly important in this market, and I, I'm, I'm happy that Gerald and Owe both brought it up. All right, well, talking about exports, thank you, Pat. One more thing. Kerry over is going to have a four in front of it by the time we get through. It's going to be four points something. Uh, in my, you know, just that's my final uh, statement, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, let's uh, wrap up our meeting. Thanks to uh, our speakers uh, for uh, joining us today on this February 9th meeting of the Ag Market Network. Thanks to Bayer for their support of our program. Uh, and uh, thanks to Kip for leading us today. That's it. Uh, have a good week. Thank you. Thank you all.